0: Have you ever sat down and thought that you were supposed to start a podcast? Have you ever wondered how you're going to do that and how that will work? Anchor.fm is the link where this podcast is recorded. It is so helpful, so easy to do. Now, come on, people. If I can do it, y'all can do it. I'm telling you what. So (laughs) go to anchor.fm, start your podcast, and follow what God is calling you to do. Hey guys, welcome to season 12 of the Anchor by the Story podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am so appreciative and grateful and blessed for each person who listens for the first time or has been with us through now 12 seasons. So thank you for tuning in to listen and glean something from the freedom stories of the person featured in each episode. God bless and let's do this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Anchor by the Sword podcast. I am really excited today to introduce you guys to a new friend. This is Courtney Berg, and we connected online and she has a book that is coming out on the 12th called Loyal to a Fault. So I'm excited to learn more about her book and all the things. So Courtney, thank you so much for joining
1: me today. Thanks, Gina. I'm so happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners more
1: about yourself? I'm a wife. We're, we've been married for almost 10 years now. We have four young children, uh, three girls and a boy, eight, six, and then twin three-year-olds. So that's a lot of fun. And we live in South Florida. Um, As you said, I have a book coming out. I also have a membership for women. We've had out now for just over two years, Um, really is a safe space for women to learn how to set boundaries, heal from codependency, quit people pleasing. And yeah, I try to keep my orchids alive. What else? (laughs) So I love Thai food. <laughs> I'm actually <laughs> back in school. I'm, I'm a Wheaton uh, college student again. I'm getting my master's there, which is a ton of fun, a lot of challenge, mm-hmm. but in a good way. And I think that that covers it all.
0: <laughs> so you said you have a membership and mm-hmm. you help people come out of COVID dependency and people pleasing. Is mm-hmm. that actually part of your freedom
1: story? It is. Yes, it's actually a huge part of my my freedom story. I um I grew up Catholic. I always had a mm-hmm. faith growing up. We were at, you know, church, at mass on Sundays and um but there was a lot of stuff going on at home that that conflicted with what I was learning about in, mm-hmm. you know, in Sunday school and I I write about in my book that my faith was both a blessing and a burden because I didn't really know what God was asking of me in my relationships. I didn't know what my role was Mm -hmm. um, as a daughter, as a sister, and then even early on in marriage and in motherhood. And I found myself highly codependent and clinging to people's happiness and expectations. Um, I was really working to cope in ways that were unhealthy. So I was Mm -hmm. turning to alcohol and Um, you know, just trying to distract myself from my own discomfort. And it wasn't until I came across the term codependency and I actually read uh, Dr. Cloud's book boundaries that I just was like, wow. And this has been 10 years now. So I've been on that path of freedom and just really showing up in the way that God has asked me to love people, not in the way that my fear has asked me in the past.
0: Mm How has that path gone for you?
1: You know, it's it started off very slow and very mm-hmm. difficult because I think when we're starting new patterns of behavior, our brain likes to preserve energy. It doesn't like to do anything new. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was hard. It was like driving down a new path that I didn't know. And it was also hard because the people that I loved the most, you know, weren't used to the new Courtney. They weren't used to the Courtney saying no to certain things. Or being less tolerant to certain things, and so that was difficult at first, mm-hmm, right? To show up in these relationships as a different person with different priorities, and a lot of times it's what I write about in my book. It's the backlash, it's the disappointment, the hurt mm-hmm. feelings. You know, you're no longer potentially giving people what they're used to getting from you, and that that can be difficult. But you know, I'm I'm happy to say that God blessed me with um, renewal in relationships with new relationships that don't completely fill that void with the old from the old ones but but you know that um that I've felt supported through the entire process in my faith
0: Mm -hmm. and how have you seen God use it
1: oh wow how I mean first in my home Mm -hmm. you know with my four children and with my husband you know really guarding our family values which in today's age looks a lot different than what the world and like the secular population believes. And so um, feeling very safe in that, um, you know, with my membership, seeing hundreds of women come through and just, you know, testify that boundaries have really just improved their relationships and their self-worth and who they are, who they're created to be, their focus, their purpose. I mean, that is just one of my greatest joys. Um, And, you know, teaching my, my children now too, that, you know, they aren't assigned the role of keeping mommy and daddy happy of keeping their siblings happy that, um, that they're not created to serve us in that way. And so Mm -hmm. it's just, it continues. The blessing continues. And, and I'm grateful for that.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm a recovering people pleaser. So I can understand number one, having to relearn patterns and number two, to see how they start to change and having people not liking, When we start putting our foot down and working with boundaries, that's something my counselor was working with me with and still continues to, because, you know, we, especially women in ministry tend to want to be everything for everybody all the time, but forget ourselves. Yes. So when you were trying to figure out how to work all this out, trying to figure out how to manage these relationships in new ways, what. Bible verse or verses kept you anchored?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's been many over the years, but perhaps the most recent that I've been meditating on, especially with the book coming out, because there's certain stories in there that are tender and vulnerable. And Mm -hmm. I've had to really, you know, wait on the Lord in certain seasons, because I didn't know what to share and what not to share. I didn't know Mm -hmm. what would be used for his glory and what wouldn't be. And so you know, I was faced with some anxiety and fear. and um mm-hmm. I've been really meditating on psalms twenty five twenty um and defend depending on the version you look at, it says, "Oh, guard my soul and deliver me. Let me not live ashamed." And that, I mean, shame loves to show up in those those moments where you're not sure. Mm-hmm. And I knew, um, and then the psalm says, "I can take refuge in you, and may integrity and uprightness preserve me." And no matter what happens, I know God has asked me to write this book. Mm -hmm. I know that, you know, no matter what hearts, mistakes, you know, setbacks in my past, Mm -hmm. I don't have to live ashamed in Christ and that he'll use it for his good and his glory. And I can trust him in that. Mm -hmm. And in the process I can also live with integrity. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's what he calls us to, to do as Christians, Mm -hmm. you know, even when, even when, you know, the backlash or the, the disappointment comes our way. We can still live with a sense of integrity and uprightness. Mm -hmm.
0: Amen. Absolutely. So let's talk about your book, Loyal to a Fault. When did you start writing your book?
1: I mean, the organization took time and the editing took time and all of that, but sometimes I read back the stuff I wrote and I'm like, man, that is so good. I did not write that. (laughs) (laughs) Like that was really, that made so much which sense that was so good <laughs> you're
0: like yay god
1: <laughs> yes exactly
0: <laughs> i do like to ask people that sometimes because you know i have a pretty wide listener base and some of them including myself um are in book writing season so um and it's not consistent all the time it's like a little bit here a little bit there some of us haven't touched it since february you know just kind of one of those things sure but sure. it's it's encouraging every time somebody's like you know what we started it it took time and here we are so
1: yeah it'll be four and a half years from mm-hmm. start to publication. And so, but however I will share this with anybody that's longing to write or in the process of writing is, is I'm so grateful that that first round book didn't get published mm-hmm. because it wasn't the book. Yeah. It wasn't the one that needed to be. So if it was up to me in the timing, it would have been the wrong book. Mm-hmm. And the Lord really needed me to walk through many more seasons Mm -hmm. and get a, and get even more healed from it so that Mm -hmm. I could share it in a way that was helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, It still was a little too raw four years ago. And Mm -hmm. so I'm grateful to be in a much better place to now steward the story and the message. And I think that he knew that it wasn't just about me writing the book. It was preparing me for the book as well. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. His timing's always better, even if we don't understand it
1: hundred (laughs) percent.
0: Absolutely. So like I said, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about your book. One of the things that you talk about is common enemy intimacy. So what is that concept?
1: It's something that I stumbled across um, researcher Brene Brown. She has many, many books. She's got like a Netflix special now. It's kind of unheard of in the social science world that uh a researcher like herself would become so mainstream, but she mm-hmm. has. And I'm grateful because a lot of what she shares is really good for brain nerd people like me. And so <laughs> it was something that I learned and it didn't really apply to me right away until I started uncovering the how I was connecting with people in my mm-hmm. life. And so common enemy intimacy is a way of connecting with people through some sort of um, you know, bond of like a shared hatred or Mm. discontentment or quote unquote enemy, like something outside of us. Mm -hmm. And the problem with this, that, that Dr. Brené Brown says is that it's fake. Mm -hmm. And so if you're, if you're connecting through a level of criticizing or complaining or gossiping, um, you're not actually connecting with that person. You feel like you are because you kind of have this like high, this like addiction thing happening. Um, but you're not, you're feeling more withdrawn. You're not trusting the person and you're not actually being vulnerable and sharing anything about yourself. And, and I write about that in the book that I realized that a lot of my family of origin, that's how we stayed connected, but it's also how God wasn't able to work in my life. Because if I'm constantly pointing out the flaws in everybody else. Uh, then I'm not allowing him any time or space to work at me. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really reform that habit of connecting, which was scary because, you know, it's it's easy to talk about other people. It's easy to put other people down. It's very hard to look at yourself and allow mm-hmm. people in. But but that was part of the process because I was longing for healthy relationships and I had to start doing doing things in a more healthy way in order to, to not only get them, but maintain them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah I never you know I've heard of Brené Brown. I think I may even have one or two of her books in this library behind me. But I not I had not heard about that concept but it is really true. Um I can sit here and think about past relationships that I've had, past friendships and that yeah you unite because you can't stand something or someone and then when that goes away it's like oh I don't even know why I'm here with you. Like <laughs>
1: Right. And, you know, one of the things I share is that, you know, next time you pick up the phone from a sister or a friend or your mother, start to listen to what you guys talk about and really look for the patterns of like, are we actually discussing anything that's progressive or personal or, you know, I mean, even something as simple as the weather or like a new show you're enjoying, like, are we actually like in a courtship together, mm-hmm. like getting to like a dating thing, like getting to know, cause that's the point, you know, we're mm-hmm. meant to sharpen each other and grow each other and get to know each other. And that often doesn't have anything to do with anybody else. But I right. find that a lot of relationships that are unhealthy and dysfunctional are built on this common enemy of, well, have you seen what she did? Or Mm -hmm. especially in family dynamics, we love to talk about (laughs) family members that are not around. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's when you stop doing that, it's difficult to think about what you're actually connected on anymore. You're like, what are we going to talk about today? We're not going (laughs) to talk about Aunt Sally.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. That's so true. Thank you so much for talking about that. Because, yeah, like I said, I mean, most of us don't even think about that. And Mm -hmm. I mean... It's, it seems like it's nature to, for the first words out of your mouth is to complain about something. Mm -hmm. Like even if somebody asks you how your day is, you're like, eh, it's fine. And then it's like, well, wait a minute. Then that leads to a discussion
1: of why it's eh. It's a, it's a self-awareness practice. Mm -hmm. It's a practice of hesitating Mm -hmm. and saying to yourself, am I criticizing somebody? Am I complaining about somebody Mm -hmm. or something? And how can I edify and encourage and build up and use my words to bring life and not death to the mood. It's, it's a, it's not easy to choose that in certain moments. And I'm not, and it's not to say that you don't complain about something at some point. I mean, we all have hard, you know, moments or whatnot, but it's, it's patterns of behavior are practiced behavior. It's what we repeatedly do. Mm -hmm. It's not a one-time or two-time thing. And we know what that is. We do, you know,
0: hmm. Absolutely. So you did talk about family dynamics. And one of the things you do mention is who you are as compared
1: to who your family is. Mm-hmm. Let's dive into that a little bit. Sure. The, a lot of the women I work with have a hard time separating who they are what they need, what their goals are, from who their family of origin. When I say family of origin, I just simply mean your childhood, your parents, your earliest caregiver, your siblings, those those origin roots that you were raised upon. The reason why it's so important to consider this is because we, we acquire a ton of conditioning and early scripts about who we are, about our belief systems, about the way we are supposed to be in relationships. And so you might say, well, I, it doesn't matter how that is. When I grew, you know, I grew up, that was so long ago. It, it comes with us, mm-hmm. you know, it's again, it's a practice behavior. It comes with us and it's going to show up in our marriages and in the way we work with coworkers and, and mm-hmm. whatnot. And so part of what I, what I help women do is separate themselves in a healthy way. And to start establishing that independence and that autonomy as adults, because when we're asked to leave and cleave, a lot of women that I work with are married and they're like, I don't know how to, this, the wires are all crossed and there's mm-hmm. a ton of uh, dysfunction happening. Well, we start to examine that. Have you actually left the nest? Are you allowing a parent's into your adult marriage and, and siblings speak into your parenting and whatnot? And so mm-hmm. another thing that comes up for women is they try to, to honor their parents, which we can do, Mm -hmm. but that's not the same thing as remaining obedient to them. Mm -hmm. And so I, I help them look at that, those two different concepts biblically Mm -hmm. that mean two different things. Right. And we can honor our parents without remaining obedient to them. We're called to be obedient as children. That's for our protection. That's for our provision. That's assuming that parents are first being obedient to God. Right. That was the design. That's the hierarchy there when we become adults, we're no longer called to be obedient to our parents. And so when I start to work with women, I'm like, no, honor is not the same thing as obeying their everyday, you know, commands and needs Mm -hmm. and expectations. And so part of that is very hard because we want to make our parents happy, but you know, God doesn't call us to do that. Mm -hmm. And, and knowing our role as daughters, I think starts by knowing that we're first a daughter of the King Mm -hmm. and then daughter to our human parents who are flawed, just like us. Right. But we have to unhook from that dynamic because it's not our job.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. I um, experienced a lot of that firsthand. And I know there's probably a lot of women out there that can say that when you're transitioning from that teen, late teen, early twenties, meeting your spouse or meeting your significant other. And then all of a sudden you've got two different voices in your head at the same Mm -hmm. time, trying to, one's trying to tell you to do this. The other one's trying to tell you to do this. And they both think they have your best interest at heart, but then it's like, well, what do I want?
1: It's definitely difficult, especially for that younger age group. It is. And it's, it's especially difficult if the parent is telling you to honor me you know, Mm -hmm. so we find scripture being used often as weaponry against other Christians. And if we, if we actually look at that scripture and not take it out of context, but read through the entire scripture, Mm -hmm. and I do that in my book is that, you know, we examine what that actually says and what God's actual design is for this parent adult Mm -hmm. child relationship. And so, you know, there's a lot of women who are burdened by you know trying to obey their parents or keep their parents happy or bring them to christ or mm-hmm. deal with their hurt and wounds and we see the cycle repeating itself mm-hmm. the dysfunction repeating itself and that's really the premise of the book is it's very personal for me as well because mm-hmm. i've seen over the course of the 10 years having to set really healthy boundaries and necessary boundaries in order to live out the the calling god has on my life as a as a christian as a you know as a daughter and and but here's what happens when we when we start to serve and love others the way god calls us to mm-hmm. we actually end up honoring them in a way that maybe they don't ne- necessarily like but that, that that honors god first which that that does honor them mm-hmm. and so we have to have that moral foundation we have to know who we're actually working to please primarily
0: right right absolutely and let's get into the boundary discussion how okay so you're you're one you've realized your family of origins kind of a little loop-de-loop and you're trying to figure (laughs) out what to do now how do you begin to start setting those boundaries
1: Sure, I touched a little bit on core values, mm-hmm. you know, knowing your values. i I was working one on one with women. Then I founded my membership, and that started becoming a little bit more go at your own pace. And then on social media, I share a ton of free resources. And one of the things that I realized that I was not teaching on is understanding your core values because mm-hmm. if you don't know your core values, you don't know what you're guarding. Yeah. And what you value may be different than what your parents valued when you were growing up. And so I think as a Christian, we have some core values that are essential in just our transformation that's happened in Christ. You know, these are like the fruits of the spirit and these are things like, you know, of course we, we value life and we value our marriage and we mm-hmm. value, you know, th- those are things that kind of come with the territory, but then there's going to be other things that, you know, in order for us to guard certain aspects of our life, we have to know what we value. Mm -hmm. And this is important because our values drive our behavior. Mm -hmm. And so take, for example, you know, you value your marriage and yet you're gossiping about your husband at work. Well, that value isn't reflected in that behavior. You might say, of course I care about marriage. But if we start to look at your words and your behavior, that doesn't it doesn't match up. And so, you know, and then it's also impacting and influencing people around us in a negative way. And so we have to look at our, our marriage and say, okay, I, val- I value my marriage. I value this covenant between my husband and I under God in front of family and friends. What is that going to look like? Okay. That's the foundation. That's going to look like me honoring my husband, respecting him, not speaking poorly about him and criticizing him with other women. And then, so what is the boundary on that? How do we begin? Well, we disengage when we, when our mother talks about my spouse or we stand up, this is how we start to set parameters mm-hmm. around that value. And then that can be reflected in our words and our behavior. But if we don't know the value that we have, um, we never know what, what to limit.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I said, I can relate a lot with what you're talking about right now. So let's speak to the woman who is in that place. She's dealing with the fact that things are getting said about her spouse or her friends or something. And it's coming from your family member. Go ahead and speak to her and give her the encouragement that she needs
1: right now. Sure. So I would just say you've identified now that your marriage matters. Let's just stick with that example. Mm -hmm. because I think it's a common one with the women I work with, Mm -hmm. you know, and they, they, they'll tell me, I don't, I don't mean to do it, or I don't think it's harmful. Well, it is harmful. And here's why. If we gossip about our husband, if we criticize our husband around other women, that actually not only plants a seed in them, but it plants and and reaffirms something in us. And so then we go home with that mood and that energy and we're critical on our husband and then it impacts our children. And then here we've allowed this thing to come into our home. Mm -hmm. And so for the woman, that's like, wow, I you're speaking to me. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to hurt my husband. I don't want my children to feel that way. Uh, we have to disengage. That would be the first one. So we just don't chime in when other women are talking poorly about their husbands. We take Mm -hmm. personal responsibility. The next step might be for example, for me, I realize there's some women I actually don't need to be spending time with anymore because Mm -hmm. they don't value marriage the way I do. Mm -hmm. And they're going to have a far bigger influence on me as the one than them as the five or six, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I have to maybe not just disengage, but distance myself from people that don't have the same values as me because I'm going home with that energy and Mm -hmm. I value my marriage more than hanging out with those girls. Mm -hmm. So taking that personal ownership over who we're spending time with, you know, that might be one thing. And I really think too, sometimes we feel a certain way about our husband. I know this isn't like a marriage podcast, but (laughs) it's important. Um, Uh I think we might feel a certain way, like disappointment or let down or what we might need something from our husband, but we can't let feelings drive our behavior. Mm. Feelings are not in charge. And so if I wake up in a certain mood and I'm just annoyed at my husband because whatever, the laundry is still not put away or the, I don't even know, whatever the things are that annoy us in marriage, we all have them, right? Mm -hmm. I can notice that I'm in a mood, but I don't need to let that feeling then dictate how I treat my husband. Now I might have to set a boundary and say, Hey, babe, we need to work together on this. I need your help. You know, when the kids come home from school, I I need you to not watch football. We need to work on this and then we can record the game. I don't know, whatever it is. So we need Mm -hmm. to communicate. That doesn't mean we go with needs that are unmet, but we don't need to allow feelings to drive everything we do. I feel, I feel, uh, pun intended, (laughs) but I feel as though we're, we're in a society right now. I'm concerned that we're in a in a generation that is over their feelings mm-hmm. and allowing these feelings to drive what we do. And we have to have something stronger than that, stronger than our fleeting feelings all the time. <laughs> and for us, that's faith, right? It's right. what the
0: word says. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Courtney, this has been really, really encouraging, like I said, to me as well. And I know that um, other people will, where can they find you?
1: Sure. Uh, So Courtney J. Berg is my website. That's my handle on social media. And Mm -hmm. that's where my membership is and the book and all the things, the books available, you know, Target, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, small bookstores, even Mm -hmm.
0: give them some support. Right. You guys, like I said, the book comes out on Tuesday on the 12th. So make sure you guys go out and get yourself a copy. If you know people who need this, Start a group and walk through it together. And also look up Courtney, look up her uh, group, her online membership, Discover Your Worth. And have a great rest of your day. And I'll talk to you next episode. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I pray that each of you will take something from this episode, that you will be challenged, that you will be encouraged in your walk with God. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave a five-star rating and review so that other people can find this and other people can listen to the stories of God's redemption. I love you guys, and I'll talk to you next episode.